Attention Northwest Arkansas businesses and talent seekers. Introducing Onboard NWA.com, your hyperlocal job board crafted for our unique community. Struggling to find the perfect match for your job openings? Onboard NWA simplifies the hiring process, connecting you with the region's top talent through tailored talent matching solutions. Whether you're an employer seeking expertise or a professional looking for your next opportunity, Onboard NWA is here for you. Discover more at onboardnwa.com and let's build the future of Northwest Arkansas together. Hello, Northwest Arkansas. Randy here, bringing you a quick word from our sponsor, Signature Bank of Arkansas. Since 2005, Signature Bank has been all about empowering our community with local ownership and top-notch banking services. Signature Bank's roots run deep with assets over a billion dollars, and they're right here in your backyard with branches in Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, Fayetteville, and now including Harrison and Jonesboro. With a growing family of more than 200 teammates, they're ready to serve you with the warmth only a true community bank can offer. And they've got Banco C, the first bilingual bank in Arkansas, to ensure that banking is for everyone. So give Signature Bank a call at 479-684-3700 or visit Signature.Bank online. Mention you heard about them on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast for that personal touch. Signature Bank of Arkansas, big on assets, local at heart, and a proud member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. It's time for another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast covering the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life in general here in the Ozarks. Whether you are considering a move to this area or trying to learn more about the place you call home, we've got something special for you. Here's our host, Randy Wilburn. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn. And today I am here with Aaron Tarver, the executive director of Bright Haven, a Christian learning center right up here on 412 in Springdale. And uh, I, I got to say, I'm really excited that I have a chance to sit down and, and talk with Aaron today. I was introduced to her by a relative who said, oh, she listened to the podcast and she, she said, you need to talk to my aunt. She'd be a great guest on the podcast. And I was like, OK, well, tell me about her. And so we talked and I found out what Aaron did and I wanted to learn more about Bright Haven. And so this is not necessarily a, a commercial for her organization, although you will learn more about them. I think it's more of a, a great conversation about um, early 
childhood learning opportunities here in Northwest Arkansas, which is something that's near and dear to her heart. And so without further ado, Erin, I want to thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. And thank you for inviting us into your location here. There's a lot of security in the front door. I had to ring a doorbell to get in and then sign my name. And I thought I saw something about blood samples, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> but anyway, it's, it's just, it's good to be here. And I, I want to thank you so much for, for having us in your home. So. We greatly welcome you. We love to have people from the community in to the center. Um, and we have been looking forward to, to meeting with you. Well, good, good, good. So, so tell us a little bit about your and, and about how you got involved in, in early childhood care and development. So my background is in business administration. I sure. have a degree with a focus on marketing, and um, I sold real estate for a while here in Northwest Arkansas. I have a passion for people. People, um, I just really thrive off of helping people in whatever capacity I can. Um, when I became a mom, I stayed at home for about a year and realized that I had a need for childcare for my son. And went on a search, didn't really know what to look for, and didn't understand the importance of early childhood education. At that time, I was clearly just looking for a place that was safe for my child. That was what I was looking for. Um, ultimately, over three years, we moved around to a lot of different daycares, childcare centers, learning centers. Um, I always felt like I didn't find the right fit for my child. And eventually, I decided to look into opening my own child care center. I was raised to, um, if you find a problem, then find the solution. If you're going to complain about it, you better have a solution. So I worked on creating a solution using my business degree to find funding for our organization. Um, had no clue what I was doing in early childhood education. And over the last 10 years, it's been my goal to grow and learn. Um, I'm actually going to have my master's degree in two months in early childhood education because I wanted to make sure if I'm going to do it, I can do it really, really well. Right. Wow. That's an amazing story there. I mean, I, you know, you're absolutely right. And my grandparents always told me the same thing. If you see a problem and you don't see a solution, you create a solution. Mm -hmm. And that's obviously exactly what you did. And, and this is an area that most people struggle with and they don't know what to do with it. Just like you said, you moved around from one daycare to another, trying to find that perfect mix that's right for you and for your children and for your family. And it isn't always readily apparent what's good and what isn't until you get in there, right? And nobody wants to, you know, take a taste test with their kid. <laughs> Everybody's like, well, I, you know, not my child. I'm not going through that process only to be let down. And so uh, I certainly applaud you for deciding to step up to the plate and do something with it and, you know, to create Bright Haven. And so um, what was your biggest challenge in getting started with this program? Staffing. Yeah. Staffing um, a child care center that is high quality requires a lot of people. So I have 45 people on staff here. Um, and unfortunately, early childhood education isn't recognized as a profession. Right. Uh, so we don't have a common code of ethics, um, a common pathway for education. A lot of people enter the field thinking, oh, playing with kids all day is fun. But really what we do here is is very demanding. It's demanding emotionally and physically. And to do it the way that it needs to be done requires a heart for service and a heart for relationships. And so finding people that have that 
um, has been challenging. We, over the last 10 years, have developed some methods for um, recruiting, hiring, and ultimately developing people is where we have found that we are able to, to grow that base because these are the people that spend the time with the children all day. Right. So they are our <clears throat> biggest investment. Yeah. And I would imagine that, that like the the bane of your existence would be turnover of staff because you, then that means you have to train new people. So obviously if you train them right the first time and then treat them well, they'll, they'll hang around. So I am going to put you on the spot cause I didn't ask you this before, but what is, uh, what is your turnover rate here? So, it's not something that I've actually sat down and done a percentage with recently. I did it about four years ago as part of a study we were doing. And at that time, our rate was around 30 to 35%. Um, but I also factored into that people that I realized weren't a good fit. Right. Um, and so we have a lot of commitments that we make here. And when we hire people, they hear those commitments. And unfortunately, they've heard those commitments other places and realized that once you walk in the doors, maybe that's not exactly how they do it. But with Brighthaven, what you see is what you get. Right. And we're going to what we tell you we're doing is what we're doing. And so sometimes that's been the challenge too, is finding the people who say, yeah, that sounds great. I'm ready to do it. And then actually find that it's way more challenging than they ever imagined. Right, right. Yeah. And I can imagine. So that, that makes perfect sense. But with, with the systems and programs that you have in place, obviously people are getting the, the additional training and professional development that they need to operate at the top of their game. Yes, I am a certified trainer with the state. Um, we have a registry of training specific to early childhood education that anyone who is licensed by the state of Arkansas has to maintain um, hours every year. It's called the PDR registry. The state requires us to have 15 hours a year. I require 30 hours a year of my staff. And because I'm a trainer, I am able to customize trainings for my staff. So I'm able to say, you know what, this is what's important that we feel like in early childhood education at Brighthaven, we need to focus on this for this training. So we have probably five to seven trainings a, a year here just for my staff. Okay. All right. Wow. That's impressive. And you go above and beyond what's even required by the state. So um, that helps. Now, so talk a little bit about your location, because as you were sharing with me before we started recording, one of the key things about your location is that you catch people coming from Fayetteville going north towards Bentonville, and then you catch people going from Bentonville coming south towards Fayetteville mm -hmm. because you're kind of like right in that perfect sweet spot. So how has that helped your organization grow? You know, Springdale um, has been, I, I say at times, it's the forgotten child of Northwest Arkansas. Don't tell um, that to Philip Taldo, though, because <laughs> he does not agree with that. He I, loves Springdale. I love Springdale, too. And so when I was looking for a location for Brighthaven, Fayetteville was on the list, Bentonville was on the list. And I said, you know what, Springdale doesn't have what we deserve to have. So we parked right here, right off of I-49, easy access, because we know in Northwest Arkansas, people live in one part of our region and travel to the other for work. Um, and we have the I-49 corridor. And so we are located right off of the exit here so that people can easily get to us to drop off their child and pick up their child. The location for me was convenient for me as a working mom. And so when I, I actually live out towards Tawnytown okay. and I worked right over here just a block over right and i thought there's nowhere for me to take my child easily i had i was traveling 45 minutes out of my way to take my child to what i thought would be a good center for him and i said springdale deserves to have something that is a shining star for early childhood education and so we decided to open up right here in the center of springdale wow so so talk about <clears throat> a little bit about some of the challenges faced 
with anyone, because again, our audience is, we have, we have a wide and varied group of people listening to this podcast. There may be somebody listening to this that's thinking about relocating here. Maybe they're coming to work for Walmart or one of the big companies. Um, maybe it's somebody here locally that's kind of just been beating their head, trying to find the perfect location for their child. Talk about some of the challenges faced by uh, early childhood programs here in Arkansas. And, and, and what are you guys trying to do to correct those? So with early childhood education, you're looking at cost, cost and quality. Those are the number one determination, determining factors for what parents are going to be able to do for their child. And while cost and quality are not always closely related, in early childhood education, the bulk of the expense falls on the parent. And to have quality early childhood education, you have to have people and people that are paid enough to be able to to support their own families. And so the cost of quality early childhood education is high and it falls, the burden falls on the parents. I have people who bring their children here. If they have multiple children that are paying more for early childhood education than you would pay for college education or more than they're paying on their house note. Um, And so it's a burden that we know exists, but at the same time, in order to cut that cost, you're cutting quality. So what, What we're looking at doing is being able to go to uh, the state and say, what are some incentives that we can offer to either businesses to offset the cost for their employees or to our employees to to offer them tax breaks that allow them to be able to survive. I have employees who are barely living above the poverty level because early childhood education um, is such a demanding job that a lot of people that come into it don't have a lot of training and education. And so here we actually have a tier where we pay you, we reward you for your educational attainment, whether that's training hours or college hours, we're going to reward you financially. The more you learn and grow, the more you're going to be monetarily compensated. And we believe that you never stop learning and that quality is a moving target. And as long as we're moving towards it, we're going to be providing the absolute best environment for children. And there's a lot of brain research out there that says the lack of quality early childhood environments has lifetime impacts on people oh absolutely yeah i mean you 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 go as you begin i think and and certainly you want to get off on the right foot especially when you're raising a child and i know this because i have three kids you have a number of children so we've all been there and i'm sure a lot of our listeners know exactly what it's what what it means because when you get a teenager in your house they're pretty well formed at that point in time and there's not a lot of changing taking place and um you know, without beating it out of them. And I, you know, I don't beat anybody. So don't, (laughs) don't call DHS on me or anything like that. I'm just saying my 14 year old is well formed in his ways and he's not going to change a whole lot at this point. If I didn't catch him when he was younger, the chances of me catching him now are much harder. And that's, that's the challenge. Mm -hmm. That's, if you look at my children, 14 to 5, my 14-year-old started at Bright Haven his last year of preschool. Okay. Uh, my 11-year-old started when she was one, and my 5-year-old's been here since she was five months old. And you can see the difference in their personalities based on the exposure that they had to a high-quality environment. Their confidence level, their ability to react and respond to change in a positive way is greatly impacted. And I didn't know that when I was looking for a center for my child. I wasn't looking for that, that relationships create resilience. And so I need to find a place that focuses on building relationships with children. Um, Brain research says that a child can grow up in a household uh, filled with poverty 
But if they have strong relationships with their primary caregivers, these children can go on to achieve the highest levels of education and can be the thing that turns their family around. And so that is built on positive relationships with their primary caregivers. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like living out an affirmation, right? An affirmation is something that you say over and over again to reinforce an idea or a mindset. But what you're describing is a, is a living affirmation with the way that you, that you not only train the people that work here, but that the, the way that you work with these young children to continue to develop them and reinforce positive messages on a daily basis which is huge. So a lot of people look at early childhood education as being a current need to, to support the workforce that exists now. But in reality, we are developing the workforce of tomorrow also. So we can't just look at what do we need for the next three to five years. We have to look at what is our workforce going to look like in 15 and 20 years? What are the qualities that we want in our workforce? And research also says that the top five soft skills that business owners are looking for in their employees, those soft skills are developed prior to children in, entering kindergarten. And so a quality early childhood environment is a place where those soft skills can be developed in those children so that the workforce of tomorrow is strong. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I just, as you were talking about that, one thing came to mind, and I'm just curious as to how you handle this, is the the over electronic stimulation that exists in a lot of young kids. And I know sometimes it's hard to wean them. I mean, my eight, nine-year-old, I mean, if I gave him a knife, he might cut me if I take take my iPad away from him. I'm just kidding, folks. He would not cut me. But you, you all know what I'm saying. Those of you parents that struggle with your kids playing Fortnite till the sun rises and all this other stuff going on, and, and you're looking at me laughing because you know exactly what I'm talking about. But, but how do you, how do you guys? Because I know you see it with kids. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times, kids are being raised by iPads and iPhones. And how do you combat that? That over electronic stimulation, and 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 what advice would you have to give to a parent? who, when they have to go off to work, they're maybe leaving their child with somebody that's just giving them an electronic device to watch them over the period of time. And how do you guys deal with that here? So the research is out there that shows the negative effects that the digital technology has on children. And I don't I don't want parents to feel bad. I mean, I have an iPad at home. My child yeah. plays on, on her Kindle um, at home. But here you're not going to see a lot of technology. When I first opened, there was no technology. Okay. Um, I was super anti-technology. There's not TVs in the classroom because I feel like that's something that children do at home. I mean, sometimes mom has to wash the dishes and you need to watch an episode of Daniel Tiger. Like, right. that's going to happen. But here, when they are at school play is their work and children learn so much in every domain of development just through play where they have open-ended play where they get to be in charge of their play there's so much that's happening and these skills that are being built and so we have in our preschool classrooms we have hatchboards they're developed by early childhood educational experts and children get 15 minutes a day of play on the hatchboard that's all the technology they're going to have in the classroom we use iPads to communicate with the parents and to document their learning, to create portfolios yeah. for the parents um, so they can see what's happening and how their children are learning. But the children are not using that technology in the classroom. The only reason I ended up getting the hatch boards is I found that when children go to kindergarten, they're using technology as soon as they enter public exactly. school. And I didn't want them to be completely thrown off by that. Mm-hmm. So I said, how can we incorporate that in a way that doesn't take away from my personal value of not having a lot of technology in the classroom? Because research shows play is how children learn best period so we are we do a lot of center-based play here 
children, you will watch them engaged in play. And if you watch them for 15 minutes, you would be amazed at what skills they will show you that they yeah. have. Wow. You know, it's interesting, as you were mentioning a few things that came to my mind, do you ever get anecdotal stories or feedback from teachers of some of your former students that have gone into, as they matriculate through this program, and you're like, wow, so-and-so is really well-adjusted, probably because of what you were able to do here at Brighthaven. I mean, have you experienced that at all? Um, we have. We've actually had several uh, educators and administrators that are in the school system who bring their children here. And then they'll, you know, we'll have good connections with them and they'll follow up and they'll say, when we do our kindergarten testing, we can tell the children that came from Brighthaven apart because one of the things that we focus on here is social emotional learning. And we use a resource called Conscious Discipline, okay. which helps teach children to be aware of their emotions, to self-regulate, and be able to manage their emotions in a productive manner. We believe there is no bad emotion, but what we do with our emotions could be helpful or hurtful. And so when we met with kindergarten teachers, when we had been open maybe a year, they said the number one thing children need to be able to do when they come into, into kindergarten is not ABCs, is not one, two, three, it's not even colors. I can teach them that. But I can't teach them that if they can't self-regulate and if they don't have social-emotional skills. And so the foundation for learning is social-emotional readiness. And we make sure that the children that are here are strong in that. Our parents will come home and say, our child is using conscious discipline on us. They're saying, you know, I don't like it when you do that. Don't do that to me anymore. So we teach children that they have a voice mm -hmm. and that their voice matters and that they can use their voice in a very powerful way rather than their actions. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. How, how do you guys um, address any learning disabilities? Um, do you deal with that this early on? I don't know because I know that two of my children are dyslexic. Dys dyslexic. And, um, you know, they, they have had to go through the system. We kind of learned about it later on as opposed to earlier. And so how, do you guys deal with that at all? We do. We um, Children are assessed when they first come into our program with an assessment tool that we call Ages and Stages. Okay. Then they're assessed every six months to a year. Or if we see something and say, hey, I think we might want to do an early assessment. We are right next door to Cassidy Children's Center. They are a therapy provider for children, and we have a resource there where if we feel like something might be a little off, we can say, hey, could you tell us if this is something that we need to bring up to a parent? One of the things we do, if we think there's an issue, we're going to research it if we don't already know about it, and then mm -hmm. we're going to talk to the parent because we're not the experts in, right. in that field. We also work with therapy providers. We have individual family plans for every child that's getting therapy so that we know what we can do for that child outside of therapy to help make them successful in their early childhood environment. Okay. All right. So it sounds like you guys have a plan to yes. deal with this. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's awesome. So what, what would you recommend to the average parent? You know, they've got a child that they're almost ready to send them off to some type of regular daycare or they're going back to work. And um, what, what are some, you know, a couple of key things that they should be thinking about and considering when choosing any early childhood development center um, for daycare or for early learning opportunities? So for, for me personally, I have found that um, the, the word daycare would be something that I would stay away from if okay. I were looking for a center. Okay. Yep. Um, the word daycare, you are caring for children during the day, but you want a place that's focusing on education, and they're focusing on it in the, in the correct way. Uh, play is how children learn best, but it has to be intentionally facilitated by the educators inside of the classroom. It just can't be a free-for-all. Right. 
but children have to be in charge also of their play. So you wanna look for a, a, a center that has that at heart. And one way that you can find those is through Arkansas's accreditation program called Better Beginnings. Okay. It is our state program. Every state has their own. And ours is called Better Beginnings. They have a website where you can go and they come in, independent assessors, and they assess programs to decide if we are going above and beyond. You can have anywhere from a one star to a three star. Three star is the highest level that you can currently earn, earn and we are a three star center. I was gonna ask you, but you already beat me to yes. it. That's fine. So. Um, and you can find other three star centers in Northwest Arkansas. Sure. What I like about Better Beginnings is that they've had to undergo a process of not only saying this is what I do, but showing that this is what I do as well. So if I were looking for a center, I'd be looking for a three star center and nothing other and nothing than a three star center. That. With that being said, you need to start looking early. Um, yeah, you were telling me filled. early. You mm -hmm. were telling me earlier that there's it, there aren't enough three star centers to satisfy the needs that exist out there that for all of the parents that need to put their kids in some type of early childhood program. That is correct. Um, a a study that was put out recently said in the next three years, not even three star programs, but any child care center, home daycare. There won't be enough spots for the need that we have. So you take quality out of the equation. There's just not going to be enough spots. Yeah, and that's. I think that's a problem that exists around the country. It's not a, a Northwest Arkansas thing. I mean, there are other parts of the country. I remember coming from the Boston area. Good child care places were, were hard to find. And everybody knew the good ones. And all the good ones had a waiting list a mile long. So, um, I, I mean, that's, that's a real challenge. If anybody was looking... Again, that's already here or, or thinking about coming here and they wanted to contact you, what would they need to do in order to determine if they were if their child was eligible for, for your program? Is there a wait list right now to get into Brighthaven? So there are wait lists in certain classrooms. The way we group our children after they get out of our infant dorms is the way that they would go to kindergarten together, okay. um, even though they don't all go to the same kindergarten. So certain age groups have waiting lists. Infants and toddlers mm -hmm. notoriously have a wait list. Um, some of our preschool classrooms do as well. Um, here you call, we have an enrollment coordinator and she schedules a tour where you come in for about 20 or 30 minutes and you walk around the facility, you see it. We tell you about our program. We tell you about conscious discipline, our curriculum, how children learn. We tell you about our safety features. And then after that, if a parent still wants to proceed, we do what's called an enrollment interview, and it's an opportunity to sit down and talk about what your goals are for your child and your family. And then we decide, are we the center for you? Can we help you achieve those goals that you have? Because not every center is for every family. Yeah. Every center has its own unique approach to child development, um, to the way that they integrate families and the way that they integrate diversity into the center. And different families have different needs. And so we use that enrollment interview to be able to say, you know what, we, we think that we can do this for you um, and share even more about who we are. Okay. And as I'm, as I'm hearing you discuss that, what, what do you say to somebody that says, I, I might need financial help with this? Is there Are there programs in place here in the state that help individuals that might be in a position where they qualify for financial help? Or how does that work? So the Child Care Development Fund is... Um in the state of Arkansas is how they could go about getting financial assistance for early childhood education. The problem is the fund doesn't have enough money in it, so the wait list is long. And what I find to be a problem is that the, the middle class doesn't 
qualify. Right. Um, Our tuition rates and tuition rates of other centers here in Northwest Arkansas that are quality centers, they're quite high. Yeah. And they are that way just to be able to provide the level of care we need. So um, we offer scholarships in-house through our parent-teacher organization. We usually offer scholarships to two or three families a year. We also offset the cost for our foster families. We take uh, foster foster children here. Okay, great. And they are funded partially from CCDF, but what the CCDF does is they don't, the Child Care Development Fund, they don't cover the entire cost of care for foster children. And so um, one of our missions is to help foster families and so we have quite a few foster families here at Bright Haven. Wow. <clears throat> now do you guys you guys operate as a for-profit organization, Correct. right? We are okay. not a nonprofit. Okay, right. So cuz I was going to ask if if people wanted to is there are there ways through which people can give or help out a family that needed help if they were going to Bright Haven? They can through our parent teacher organization. <clears throat> so we do okay. have a nonprofit PTO. Um, and we have that because we've had people ask us that before. Hey, how do we help out? Even if it's just how do we help out um, getting new supplies in the classroom? How do we help some some of your staff members? How do we just love on them? Ooh, right. And so they're able to do that through the PTO so that businesses or, or individuals can do that and it also be tax deductible. Okay. All right. Well, folks, there you have it. I mean, that's, that is some great information. Um, that you can look into, especially at Brighthaven and what they're doing here at the Brighthaven Christian Learning Center. Um, Aaron, if, if anybody needs to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Our website has all of our contact information, and okay. that's um, brighthavenshines.com, and it has our email contact and our phone number. Okay, yeah, and I will put all of that in the show notes so everybody has um, access to that. Um, as we close, uh, I did want to ask you a couple of things, because you've been here in Northwest Arkansas for how long? 15 years. Okay, so you know a little bit about Northwest Arkansas. What are some of the your favorite things to do here? When you're not busy molding the minds of the future, what are you, and molding the minds of your family, what are you doing to have fun? So since I love people, I like to hang out. <laughs> um, I like to low-key hang out. One of my current favorite things to do is to go to Black Apple Crossing in downtown Springdale and oh, have some cider. Are you a cider aficionado? Yeah, have some, okay, some cider. all right. Yep. Um, play some games. What I love about Black Apple is that you are able, I, I can bring my kids in there with me. Okay. Um, or I can just go, they have lots of, every night of the week just about, they have a special night, whether it's comedy or music, or right. um, I did a jigsaw puzzle competition, came in second place. Nice, so nice. Um, that's one of my favorite things to do. And I really like to, while Northwest Arkansas has a lot to do and, and I will travel outside of my home base, I really love my home base a lot, too. Okay. So you'll see me doing a lot of hanging out in Springdale. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. I, I think um, we had Philip Taldo on the show, and he is, I guess, Mr. Springdale yes. and um, and Mr. Tawny Town, for that matter. But he has a lot of... He has a lot of knowledge about all the good things to do, and he has a million places he likes to go eat. But that's cool. So what, what restaurants do you like to frequent? Um, I really like MJ's. Oh, yes. And that and that MJ's, and I talked about that. MJ's is the pizza restaurant 
that's here in Springdale. And MJ's is actually run by the people that ran James on the Mill. Mm-hmm. And since we no longer have James on the Mill, MJ's is the next best thing. I mean, it's delicious, and their cocktails are amazing. Yeah, their pizza is really good. We've I've taken the kids <laughs> there. We really enjoy it. As a matter of fact, my wife has been there a couple of times with her girlfriends, and uh, she really likes MJ's. And it was one of those things where I didn't realize it. You know, I knew James on the Mill had closed, and then somebody was like, oh, yeah, this is pretty decent pizza place up in Springdale, and it's beyond pretty decent. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really good. Mm-hmm. So uh, my my only other place with regard to really good pizza, which, you know, I, I tell people about it and they laugh at me, but it's kind of, it's actually really good. They've got a great oven is is uh, the Whole Foods in, mm-hmm. in Fayetteville has a pizza brick oven. And I did not know that. They make some really good pizza pie. When you're, when you're, when you're from the East Coast, you know, you're used to some good pizza. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I, 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 you know, I. I like the good stuff. So, but uh, but no, MJ's is right up there. So, and they have some new places um, down down Springdale. Right, uh, the mothership just opened. I heard about it's that. Yummy. Yeah, the, the big sexy food truck. Yes, is amazing. Yeah, very unique food. So. It is. It is. No, I mean, listen, Springdale has so much to offer, and I tell people all the time because they're always asking me questions about what's to do in Fayetteville, what's to do in Bentonville, and you know, and Rogers, and each place has their own unique. Group of grouping of food offerings, bars, and places to hang out and go. And actually, I never even knew that that um, um, Black Apple Crossing allowed children because that's that's a game changer for me. Although I will say this: you could mistake a good cider for apple <laughs> for apple juice and seltzer water. They do water, have juice so. on the menu for uh, the okay, children. Okay, all right, that's cool. In juice boxes. In juice boxes. That's good. Yeah, don't don't want to make that mistake. Be like, this is really good apple juice, yeah. daddy. So, um, no, that's funny. So, well, what do you outdoors wise? Do you do you like to do anything or you know, Arkansas is a beautiful state. There, are, there's here we have Lake Fayetteville. We have the park. So of course I'm at the park a lot. I have okay. a five year old who loves outside. Absolutely, um, and just. You know, hanging out at home, sitting on the on the front porch and just being outdoors. But we really do have a lot of within, even within a one hour driving distance, a lot of uh, places to go and hike and see waterfalls. It's really a lovely place to be outside. It is. It is. So you, you've, you've, you've definitely put it out there perfectly. And we will put uh, all of the places that you mentioned um just previously on in the show notes so that people can check out some of these places uh definitely have to check out black apple crossing and mj's if you haven't been there already and and uh, we may actually try to get the the folks from uh, black apple crossing on the podcast because they'd be really interesting to talk to and we could talk a little bit more about the whole resurgence of the downtown springdale area Mm -hmm. so that should be fun but aaron this was great i really appreciate you um, you know, checking in with us and, and allowing us to come visit your facilities here. They, they folks, they have a, a really marvelous facility here. If, if you are, and again, this is just a shameless plug for Bright Haven, <laughs> but if you're looking for an early childhood development center, um, and it's a Christian-based early childhood development center, you need to take a close look at Bright Haven. You can check them out at brighthavenshines.com. All this information will be in the show notes, but Aaron Tarver, thank you so much for, for, for letting us uh, spend a few minutes with you. And this has really been an enlightening conversation, and I think it will be helpful uh, for our audience. And um, we, we look forward to seeing what you do in the future. Yeah, thanks for having me. Could there be a Bright Haven in, uh, in every... I, you know, I was just thinking, what if you had one in Fayetteville, one in Springdale, which you already have, Rogers and Bentonville? Is that even a possibility? No, there's definitely a need for it. Yeah. And um, if there's people in the community that want to come alongside with 
with me and help me meet that need, I would be more than happy I mean, it to help sounds, meet that need. It sounds like you'd probably need a staff of about 200 people oh, yeah, to pull that definitely. off. Definitely. So, but mm-hmm. it could be good, though. Mm-hmm. I do like people. There you go. There you go. Well, Aaron Tarver, Executive Director of Bright Haven Christian Learning Center, right here in Springdale. You need to check them out if you, if you need early childhood education. You need to come check them out. Again, they're not a daycare. It's an early childhood education center. There is a difference. And um, we hope you, uh, you, you, you take note of, of this particular episode. And if this information is helpful to you, please let us know. We thank you for, for everyone that listens to the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. We come to you every week at 12 noon on Monday with a new episode. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you sharing the podcast with a friend. Remember, sharing is caring. And also, we'd love it if when you have a chance, depending on what podcasting platform you're listening on, Spotify, um, iTunes, it doesn't, Stitcher, it doesn't matter. We'd love for you to give us a review and let us know what you think about the podcast. Is there anything that we don't do well? Is there anything we do extremely well? Inquiring Minds Want to Know. So we thank you once again. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. We will see you next week. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Check us out each and every week, available anywhere that great podcasts can be found. For show notes or more information on becoming a guest, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. We'll see you next week on I Am Northwest Arkansas.